She's passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles back with you. I am so excited about this new season that we find ourselves in. We had a great, awesome first totally refurbished and new podcast last week. And we're going to just continue along celebrating this new season that we're in. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so you get the updates and you get the notifications when we do a new one. We will be posting a new fresh podcast every single week. And we also are going to do short podcasts that will be in the future for you guys to listen to. We're going to get into some personal things today. I like to talk about my past just because I love the power of God that is the hero of my past. And we're going to get into just a little bit of what God has brought me through, maybe more than you've heard. If you're familiar with my story, maybe this is on a deeper level than you've heard before. We're going to talk about my divorce. We're going to talk about my remarriage. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about what God thinks about all those things coming up later in the podcast. But I have some opening thoughts for you guys. I see everywhere. People are kind of overwhelmed. I actually did a video on this very topic not too long ago. Are you overwhelmed? Do you feel overwhelmed? I can't take one more thing. Kind of the theme of everyone's lives right now, you know, with school coming back in session, a lot of people are having school at home with their kids until their schools open up. But then on top of that, we've got to work from home. Then on top of that, we've got bills to pay. Then on top of that, we've got to maintain our marriages. Then on top of that, you know, we have things that we're dedicated to, things that we're volunteering for. So there is a lot going on. And then on top of that, we see the unrest that is going on in our nation right now. We've got all this stuff going on. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, you cannot go through this season without the Lord. I just feel like as believers, We have the gift of the Spirit of God and the power of God for us to utilize every single day. We can have overwhelming things happen to us, but let me remind you that it is God that holds all things together. You see, we've gotten into this mindset in our society today. We're kind of all control freaks. We, we like to control everything that's going on. We, we feel the need to handle this overwhelming feeling by controlling things in our lives. And when what we can't control makes us scared. And mentally, we go to a dark place. But let me remind you, if you are feeling overwhelmed today, it is God's job to hold everything that he has given you to handle together. It is God's job. Your job is to let him do it. I want to read a verse for you. It's Colossians 1.16, and it's one of my favorite verses as a fellow control freak myself. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him... 
all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So we know that God is in the creation of everything in the world. And this next verse says this, he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. That verse has literally saved my mind hundreds of times. In him, all things hold together. In him, all things hold together. If he is the creator of all things, visible and invisible, he knows how to keep this earth churning without us being one fraction closer to the sun or one fraction further away from the sun, which would either burn us up or freeze us to death. If, if you actually believe that he has created all things, both visible and invisible, he knows exactly how to hold the world together. And if he knows how exactly to hold the earth together, then he also knows how to hold everything in your life together. The problem is that somewhere along the way, a lot of us have chosen to do it for ourselves. In him, all things hold together. In him. If God's blessed you with the job and blessed you with four kids like myself and blessed you with a marriage, or maybe you're a single person and you're doing this adult thing for the first time and you're looking at Corona and you're looking at your job and you're looking at your new apartment lease, or maybe you're newly married and you're starting off. Maybe you're a grandma or grandpa and you're thinking about retirement and how in the world are we going to be able to do that? And all of those thoughts can come in and they can overwhelm you. But this is what I want to remind you. It's not in you that all things hold together. It is in him that all things hold together. I'd put it like this a lot. I will use the example of a wheel. And on that wheel, you know, there's a lot of different spokes on a wheel, but in the middle of the wheel, there's an axle, or so I've been told, because I really don't know a lot about wheels, but in the direct middle of the wheel, there's an axle. There's spokes that come out from the wheel to the outside, to the tire. God is literally in the center of our wheel. We are the wheel. He's in the center of it. And there's lots of different spokes that come from it. There's kids spokes, there's job spokes, there's husband spokes, there's ministry spokes, there's responsibilities, all represent a spoke on the wheel. If anything happens to the axle, or if we remove the axle, which is the center of the wheel from the wheel, will the wheel hold together? No, it won't. But yet that is exactly what we're doing, believer. We have these wheels and we're taking the axle directly out of our, our lives. We're taking God directly out of our lives because we want to control and we think that we have the power to control and we can't. We're not made to handle sometimes everything that is thrown at us. The only way that we can handle, balanced, remain at peace, remain calm, remain void of anxiety is to remember this. 
He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. In him. So if you're feeling overwhelmed today and anxious and fearful and you you sort of don't know what in the world and you feel yourself crashing, I want to remind you you're carrying too much. You need to surrender and you need to say, you know what, Lord, I am so overwhelmed. But you're not overwhelmed. If you can get the earth to turn perfectly If you have positioned the earth perfectly, if you care for all the ecosystems out there, if you care for the animals, if you care for the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, if you care for everything, then you can care for me too and hold everything together for me. It's in the surrender, you guys. It's in the surrender. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Colossians 1.17. Love you guys. Those are my opening thoughts for today. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, welcome back to our brand new, totally overhauled, super fresh podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Here's the deal, you guys. A lot of you guys have asked about my story over the years. A lot of you guys know it. If you've bought the book, Rahab, I Am Rahab, Appointed or Gangster Prayer, you know a little bit about my story. But I am also very aware that we have new friends every single day that have no clue why you are even listening to me or what God has done in my life. So we want to take this opportunity just to get to know me a little bit better, maybe a little bit deeper. I want to introduce you. She has worked with me now, I think almost five years, which is so crazy. She started off as an intern when she was like 10 years old. And now she is here in Dallas. She helps me out every single day. She's a vital part of what we do. But she's got a lot of questions that we've heard from you. So I want to introduce her. Her name is Cassie Mayer. She is currently our operations manager. Hi, Cass. Hi. I'm so surprised you didn't say Cassandra. I was waiting for it. You know, I did change your name, didn't I? (laughs) You did change my name. For those of you who don't know, my name is actually Cassie. When I'm ever in the Miles household, it's Cassandra. You know, it's something that I do with people that I really, really love. I'll change their name and I don't mean to do it on purpose. It's like, it's like a thing. Like when I saw her, I'm like, 
wait, is your name actually Cassandra? And she's like, no, it's Cassie. And then she said, you know what? I like Cassandra. I'm going to call her Cassandra. <laughs> you know what? If I call you Cassandra, it's really like me calling you something really nice. I like it. <laughs> so Cassie, you know, we do get a lot of questions, don't we, Cassie? Absolutely. And our team takes every message and comment very seriously. We try to answer every single one. Sometimes we miss them. We're not perfect. But for the most part, we try to get to every single one. And we've had a lot, actually, just a new followers, new friends who are just kind of discovering the whole podcast game right now. So yeah, I think it'd be good to kind of just reintroduce who you are. It's always shocking to me because I feel like I talk about my story a lot because it's, you know, it's when I found Jesus. But a lot of people don't really know it at all, especially the new ones. So we're going to flip roles today. She's going to interview me a little bit. So what you got? What you got over there, Cassandra? Well, let's start with your story. I think for the most part, you've shared that you were in a pretty toxic and dangerous relationship when you were young. Can you kind of share, set the scene of that? It's crazy because I don't even know who I was growing up, to be honest with you. You know, you hear these things where it's like, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? And I would tell her a lot. I got it really got a hold of my life. But when I was 15 years old, you know, I dated a lot of guys in high school. I would definitely say that I am not who I want my daughter to be. I have a 14 year old daughter. And because of my past, man, has my parenting changed on how I uh, talk to her. But dated a lot of guys in high school. And uh, there was one in particular that wanted to date me. And he asked me out. And I was like, shocked because he was super good looking. We started going out, we started dating. And, you know, I would say it was just a typical relationship where it was young, it was, you know, fun in the beginning, it was kind of innocent. And then we got involved sexually. And after that, everything kind of went really, really like, what do you call it when like a rocket goes down to the ground and explodes? That's kind of what happened to our relationship. You know, there was a lot of respect that was lost after that. And I remember not knowing what was happening. I remember thinking this is like pre-domestic violence. Like I had no idea what that was. I had no idea what the term was. I didn't know what abuse was. My parents had a great marriage. I had no idea what a bad relationship really even looked like. I had just dated guys. I hadn't had a real serious boyfriend up until that point. So I didn't really know what was happening. I just knew he became a lot less nice and it sort of spiraled, like I said, down from there because the less nice he was, the more I thought that I had to do things that he wanted so that he would be nicer to me. Not one time, and I can actually say this, not one time did I think of breaking it off. I never thought that early in the relationship. I thought if I just 
do this, I know he likes this, or if I do what he wants me to do, he'll be nice to me. And that turned into three years of a relationship that was very, very toxic. Now I know the term for it would be abusive. I remember him, you know, cussing me out, coming right up to me and, you know, saying all sorts of terrible things to me. And I was thinking, why are you so mad at me? Like, I haven't done anything to you. But that turned into three years. I remember him looking at me and saying, you know, you're fat. Mm. And, you know, I was a kid. So that set really negative with me in that relationship. But when we were, I was about 18 years old and the next step would have been marriage. And he proposed to me, asked me to marry him. And we were married nine months later. And that really started mm-hmm. a complete and whole different level of a nightmare that I began living on a regular basis. So we went from sort of abusive dating relationship and jumped into marriage at a very young age, not really knowing what I was doing, just thinking, wow, this has got to be the next step. And that turned into about three years of just an abusive marriage situation. And it was hell on earth, just to be incredibly blunt. I felt very, I mean, I felt trapped It's interesting. There's a picture of me at our reception and I have my hands folded. I'm sitting there with my veil on and like the dress and everything like that. And I remember thinking at our reception, what did I just do? Mm. And I lived two and a half, almost three years more with this man that at that point I was married to. So that's what I went through at a very young age. But of course, God intervened. Wow. Was there a moment in your marriage that you just kind of felt like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't think, I don't think I can keep going with this. You know, it's so crazy because my dad was a pastor, grew up in a pastor's home. I I knew all the stories. I knew them all. I, I knew the Noah's, the Jonah's, the the Joshua's, the Moses's, I knew them all, the Ezekiel's, the Elisha's, Elijah's. I mean, I'd heard everything. I was very, very educated biblically. I was very smart biblically. I could tell you where to go. Like Cassie, if you would come to me for a problem, I would say, well, you know, you go to this in scripture and this is what it says. Right. I had memorized a lot of verses. Every Bible sword drill, you just had them. I rocked those Bible sword drills, girlfriend. But you know what? What good is the knowledge about the word when you don't have a relationship with a savior? Mm. And I realized in that marriage, I had come to a point where, you know, being in this toxic relationship for years did a lot to me mentally. I was terrified of my ex-husband, but I was not only terrified of him, I was terrified of God. Everything I knew as a child, I didn't believe because how could a God actually allow these things to happen to me? How come God didn't intervene? Mm. Why does he allow bad things to happen? And if so, I don't want any part of that God. Mm. And I began to believe that God was out to get me, very paranoid. 
And there was one night at 3 a.m. in the morning when I couldn't take it anymore. I remember laying in the bed, not being able to sleep because I'm paranoid because I'm scared I'm going to die in my sleep. I really understand people that deal with anxiety, fear, depression, paranoia, because I, what I went through that time in my life, it is a real thing. And it needs the light of Jesus Christ to intervene in it. It is very, it can get very, very dark. And I remember laying in my bed that night, contemplating suicide. I didn't want to do that. As a matter of fact, it was like, I was scared of that. But if you're scared of getting killed, you're scared of being killed, you're just constantly paranoid, you know, I needed a release from the circumstances I was living. And so I started to just kind of think about it in my head, you know, what would I do? How do you even do that? These are pre-Google days. No one had Google. No one had an email address 20 years ago. Like I didn't know exactly what I was doing. You know, the internet, we forget how blessed we are to have information. (laughs) I didn't know about domestic violence. I didn't know there was help. I didn't know who to go to. And I lay there in that bed that night and I was starting to think, maybe even dream about what the end of my life would look like. And as I was doing that, the spirit of God met me right there. And he said just a couple words to me. He said, do you remember me? Now, the spirit of God, I can definitely tell you, I did not know the spirit of God. I knew about the spirit of God. I knew about his power. I had seen what he could do. I had seen the power that he could interject into a terrible situation. But personally, personally, I did not know, nor did I have a relationship with God, Jesus, the spirit of God, nothing. So when... God spoke to me. He said this, do you remember me? And it's so interesting, Cassie. I knew exactly who was talking to me. He was referencing my childhood. He was referencing the education that I knew about him. He was referencing my intellectual knowledge rather than my relationship. And, and, and it's interesting what the spirit said. And it was an impression. It wasn't an audible voice. Yeah. It was an impression. Mm. And it was very intriguing. It got my attention. I've said this so many times over the years, you know, when the creator speaks to his creation, your soul will stand at, at attention. And that's what happened to me that night. That voice drew me out of my bed across the hall. And I remember offering up the most rebellious prayer I have ever prayed. Mm. I was terrified of what I was hearing in my soul because I knew it was the Lord. Yet I was terrified of hearing that. But I was also terrified that I would miss something that was greater than me. It was a very powerful moment. I didn't want it to leave, but I didn't know how to handle it at the same time. And there was a Bible over in the corner and I went and got the Bible that, you know, hadn't been open for a very long time. And I offered this rebellious prayer. I just told the Lord, I do not believe in you. Wow. I don't know why or how you could have allowed this to happen to me for so many years and not intervened. But, 
but if you're real, you need to speak. And I took that little blue Bible and I flipped it open and lo and behold, my eyes rested on Psalm 91. And the last verse in that chapter says the righteous will have long life. And only God knew mm. mentally wow. the anguish for years I had been living thinking he wanted to kill me, thinking I was going to get killed in a car accident. I wasn't going to wake up terrified of death. And he spoke life into those exact fears. And that's when I knew Cassie, he was real. He was active. He was alive and he was present mm. right with me in the middle of the night that night. And I fell down and gave my life to Christ right then and there. There's a big difference, Cassie, between intellectual knowledge about the Lord and a relationship with the Lord. And I fear, I fear a lot of people are relying on their intellectual knowledge about God and confusing it for a relationship with God. And it opened my eyes that night to the fact that, man, we can live years, years and know so much about God and never enter into a relationship. I was a pastor's kid that needed the gospel. I needed to repent, to accept Jesus's forgiveness for my sins and truly believe in him. And I was in the church for 20 years. So fell down, really a victim and rose a champion and never looked back ever since. Autumn, I've heard this shared from many a stage and many interviews in front of different cameras, and it doesn't get old just knowing just the saving grace that we have in Jesus Christ. And I know that we do have listeners here that have been here and they followed you from the very beginning, and we might have people who just found you yesterday. But I think what to take from this is to never lose sight of how good our God is never lose the wonder of the saving grace of our Jesus Christ. So thank you for sharing and just kind of taking us into your story. I'm looking at the clock here and we are out of time for this week, which is so disappointing. I definitely think we need to do a part two, but I really just feel like the Lord is telling me right now, there are people listening that have an intellectual knowledge of Christ. And I had no idea this show was going to go in this direction. It's not in the notes. But I feel like there are a lot of people that are that have a they maybe they have grown up in church and they've never truly surrendered to the Lord. And I want you to know, hey, no judgment here. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I mean, look at me. I lived 20 years of my life like that. But if the Spirit of God, and I know He is so personal, the Spirit of God is telling you right now, that's you. That's you. I want you to just pray after me. And let's make sure. Listen, we're living in some crazy times. We need Jesus in our life. That's you. Just pray right after me. Just out loud in your car, wherever you are. If it's weird and you're at the gym and you're doing your elliptical, no problem. Just say, Lord. For so many years, I've known about you. And I realized I don't know you personally. 
I want an alive, active, powerful relationship with you. I know that you died on the cross for my sin. Forgive me for that sin. Come into my life right now. I surrender wholly and totally over to you as the Savior, the King, and the Lord of my life. I want to see your power active in my life right now. Today, I begin a new journey, a personal relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, Cassie, I I really felt like we needed to go there. And to you, my friend out there, we love you. We love you. What an incredible journey God has just put you on. I'm so grateful for you. It's powerful. Feel free to email us at hello at autumnmiles.com. We'd love to hear if you officially gave your life to Christ today. We are praying for you. And we're going to see you part two next week as we continue a more personal look into my all my mistakes. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show.